All right, we want to explore a virtue today that we might call non-attachment. What is that word supposed to mean? So uh, the, the way to think about our psychology is that we do things in order to improve our self-esteem. Now, of course, this can be understood a lot deeper than simply in the superficial way of, oh, I need to do something to get a sticker or to feel good or because we're proud, right? Because any superficial answer like that, that just people say, oh, the reason that we try to succeed is because we have a lot of pride. Well, then why do we have a lot of pride? Well, it's because we have a lot of greed. Why do we have a lot of greed? Well, it's because we're selfish. Why are we selfish, right? So eventually we have to get to the deepest themes of reality to understand something as simple as a person wanting to succeed at work or wanting to earn more money or wanting to live in a bigger home because it's ultimately, if we keep asking why, 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 well, we're going to eventually get to the bottom, right? Or to something much deeper than, uh, the, a point much deeper than the one at which we started. So here, the idea is that the reason that we have such a strong self-esteem need, a conceptual way to think about it, at least we don't want to say the reason, but a way to, to think about the matter is that from uh, your own perspective, we can't say we here, it's only you and I. From uh, yours and mine perspective, we are, you and I are all of existence, right? We'll just say you. You are all of existence, meaning uh, you, you tend to, uh, 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 you may not pay attention to this, but the fact is that, excuse me, you are looking out onto the world, right? You're in a stadium, you look out at 100,000 people, and you see, 100,000 bodies, right? But you don't see 100,000 people because to be a person means to have emotions, to have thoughts and memories and, and, and feel pain and pleasure and all of this. You don't perceive any of that. You just see bodies, right? What you see in a picture, in a mirror, stuff like that. Uh, you look up at the sky. You see, we think, you know, it's a huge universe, but you're perceiving it. Uh, you, you look at, a, at the Grand Canyon or at a huge landscape or from a plane. You're perceiving it. You close your eyes. That sight is gone, right? So if something is painted in the color green, and nobody's looking at the color green. In what way is the color green still there? And so you look at a large landscape. It's, uh, it's huge. Uh, what is that? Did it just uh, fit into your eyes, in, in between the, into the space between your ears? Somehow you're perceiving it. It's, your, it's the imagery, the, the way scientists or, or psychologists would put it. It's, it's imagery in the mind, right? It's an image on the retina. Colors, green, brown, whatever the, the landscape is. So consequently, we see where, that, that, that you are in this weird position of at the same time being the grounds of all of reality and really the reason why there's anything at all. Because again, everything comes to you as either something you see or something you hear or something you taste or something you feel. And we can't imagine a scenario where you're not, where any of that is there without you seeing it and hearing it and tasting it and feeling it. Now, we're not saying the... the anything deeper than that at this point, right? We're, we're just, that, that's a very simple observation uh, that, let's say again, you're looking at a stadium full of 100,000 people. What you see is only there because you see it. We'll say, no, the people are still there. Okay, fine, that's a different, deeper thing. But what you see is there only when and while you see it. If you look at the color blue, it's there while you look at it. You look away. What, what does it mean? Oh, it's still there. Okay, you're imagining it and saying it. What is it? Right, so this is just a very, this is a superficial point, also, more or less. But this, this is a weird position that that you're in. Then is that you're the grounds of all of existence, and yet all of existence doesn't acknowledge you. Uh, right, you talk to some of these images that are only there because you are uh, conceiving of them, and they're going to tell you, oh, you're you're not you're not so important, right? You're you're just a, a janitor, or you're just a computer programmer, or you're just an 
actor or actress or you're just a politician or you're just a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad or you're just a business person, you're no big deal. You're just one out of many. There's a very big universe. You were born and you're going to die and uh, you're really nothing at all. You're really not even dust, uh, to be honest, right? So this is a, a very big contradiction. In fact, it's an infinite contradiction. Because again, from your own perspective, there's no putting a bound on you, a limit on you. There's just you and then some of the things that you hear and see and feel and taste. And here, within this kind of this uh, this thing in your mind, it's telling you that you're nothing at all, right? So it's an infinite contradiction. So this is then, we would say, a conceptual way to think about, quote unquote, self-esteem. Or we could call it something uh, less less uh, corny sounding than that, but I don't know exactly what it would be. Maybe... Uh, Self-esteem is good enough, right? Why not? Just the word. Excuse me. It all depends on how we understand it, right? So anyhow, uh, we see here that each person then being in this predicament is naturally, they, 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 they have the psychological needs from being in this predicament, but they don't have the awareness to deal with it in a conscious way, to bring this to light and really specifically, consciously with reason and, and rationality be thinking about these kinds of things, right? What is the nature of existence? What am I? How do I relate to other people and to this big wide universe and to life and to death? Most people don't, uh, most of us, we don't think about those things. Or if we think we do, we probably don't. We probably just uh, think about words and think about things that we've heard because we think it'll give us an ego boost for our self-esteem needs, right? To really think about these things is very, very difficult. And very few people in history have really done it. Very few. Maybe on Two hands, if, if that, right? But a lot of people have, have uh, talked a lot and written a lot of empty uh, words. But anyhow, um, so we don't, we, it's, it's virtually impossible or, or unheard of that anybody specifically thinks about these kinds of things. So consequently, we, our psychology just comes out of nowhere. We're not aware where these demands come from or what we want or, or what the whole deal is. But we have very, very, very severe emotional uh, demands and restrictions. And they're all centered around kind of moving away from being non-necessary, from being just a contingent, worthless nothing, a speck of dust in in the wind, if that, toward this necessary nature of ours, toward uh, uh, this boundless, unbound, infinite, if we want to call it, nature of ours, that that again is, is an experiential fact. It's not that it's then speculated, like maybe it's, that's exactly how it is, as we explained. Right, everything that you you say, no, but there's this, there's a universe. I was born. I w- I'm gonna die. Other people, the world is that. The, you you hear some things, you see some things, you smell some things, you taste some things, and what's the other one? What do we miss? Uh, here, here, there's hearing, there's sight, there's taste, there's uh, touch, uh, and smell right so the, so these are the five senses so the, yeah you do smell some things you do see some things but so what you're still you you're still everything that there is and then okay there's some things that you see or smell or hear or taste what's the what's the comparison right so we see this is it's what is this an opinion it's not really like that it is exactly like that then again if we want to go deeper and, and actually ask what is the real nature of what is the source of these things? What is the nature of objects in their own self? But that's a different conversation. This is a, a brute experiential fact that there's you uh, or, or you can just experience your own self, which is without bounds and limits. And then there's certain things you see and touch and taste and, and feel and, and smell and stuff like that, right? 
So anyhow, uh, so, so this is the, the root then of, uh, of our psychology, uh, of your psychology and mine. Well, not our, because there's no R in this, in this, in this kind of context. Uh, that's the root, is that you try to meet, uh, the, you try to move away again from being nothing and, and, to, and toward being something. But it's not because of something cultural or superficial or something like that. It's because of this, this nature of ours. And we see how this same impulse expresses itself uh, in even we would say in animals, and it expresses itself in uh, even ancient primitive people. If we uh, based on on anthropological studies, even before there's a concept, maybe we would even say that something such as an ego, such as a, a sense of I- per- personal identity and individuality, maybe even that's constructed. Maybe even that is c- can be done away with. But this the experience of being all of existence in one's own self cannot be done away with at all. And consequently, any and every person throughout all of history has experienced themselves fundamentally in the same exact way, whether it was a pharaoh or a, or a king or a queen or a, or a peasant or a feudal serf or a, a very primitive ancient person thousands of years ago without even an ego, without even a sense of distinct individuality. Some of these this stuff you, you read is very interesting, right? So, for example... Uh, how before, it's, it's an argument that people came into consciousness, right? Like there's a certain point at which a person is not aware of what they're doing. They're not aware of uh, in, an, in, an, in an additional way that they exist, that they're a person. And uh, they can even identify themselves with plants like we see in these primitive uh, uh, kind of native cultures uh, and identify with animals and, and all kinds of weird stuff that or that appears now weird to us. To them, it will be normal and we would be weird, right? But uh, all that kind of stuff. But this basic experience, there's no alternative to it. So there's no, there's, there's no getting away from it. it that, that's the only way that it can be. But anyhow, um, so we see that the root then, if we want to mean by the term self-esteem, this kind of thing, the root of our psychology is the acquisition of self-esteem. So what's the issue? The issue is that no matter what we smell or what we taste or what we feel or what we see, it'll always be infinitely far from what we we may not we certainly consciously don't know ourselves to be, but what what we experience ourselves as being, which is all of existence, and that's why the the to, to translate that into something simple, right? We can see one gold coin, or we can see two, right? Just the flash of gold, right? Remember when we see something, on a more technical note, we see what we see. We see maybe raw sensations such as a color and a and a, and a extended shape and such and then in our that brings to our mind the concept uh, as to what we're dealing with sometimes it's not clear right we see something in the distance what is that is that a car is that a boat is that a person ah now i get it and then right it, it comes into existence uh, we, we recollect that uh the, the concept uh, or the concept comes into mind and we deduce what uh, uh what, what we're supposed to be dealing with Right, so we, if we see a, 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 a gold coin, what is that, objectively gold? It's gold because we give it value, right? It's gold in relation to us. We can put 10 tons of gold in front of a mouse. It's not going to care at all unless there's some cheese on it, right? So we see simply uh, this a particular color that we call gold, and then we identify it as extended and, and, and hopefully genuine, right, if we do some tests. So we see one, what we call one gold coin, or two, or three, or four. Let's say we see 10 tons, okay? Is that any closer to infinity? The all of existence? No. 20 tons? No. 30 tons? No. A billion tons? No. All right, let's say that we see a big landscape and we call it our own, or, or, or a backyard we call it our own. Now let's say it's a big landscape, right? We also call it our own. Now let's say we're Napoleon or Alexander the Great. We stand on a big uh, old mountaintop. 
We look out and we say, all of this territory is mine. Okay, we heard the words, all of this territory is mine. If When Napoleon in, in French, uh, with Alexander the Great in, in, uh, in Greek, uh, or presumably, right, he spoke normal Greek or the, the, what the, how they spoke it back then. Uh, so you hear these sounds, right? And uh, okay, you hear these sounds and you see what you see and you have this concept in mind that this is mine somehow. Now what, right? Does that, is that, does that bring us any closer to infinity? It, it gives us an illusion uh, uh, of it. It gives us a brief feeling. That's why it's pleasant, right? That's why, that's where the, we would say the source of pleasure is. Whenever, for example, uh, the body is um, what we call bodily pleasure. What is that? It's that which initially it's what increases the, the chances of bodily survival. Later that can grow and, and encompass other things. But for a baby initially, right, it's a little bit of milk. It's a little bit of warmth. Why? Because we then identify, we take the body to be a sign for ourselves, And consequently, when the body is, is uh, uh, the chances of it uh, doing well are improved, such as when we eat or we drink, the sense of individuality is expanded. We move away from our contingency, from our narrowness, from, from death and from deterioration and nothingness, and we move toward life and towards being. And that's then, we, we just, it's not that it is pleasure. Pleasure is just the word that we designate that experience with. That experience is what it is. It has deep roots, right? So, uh, we again, we can expand it now. It's there's the, the pleasure of expensive dinner. It's it's the, both the body expanding, uh, as we as we mentioned, the same thing with the baby, and also we feel a sense of accomplishment, right? Because we've expanded ourselves. We've accomplished something. We've gained somebody's attention. We've gotten more money. Now we can afford something better. We can afford better food, better clothing, right? But it's all about that self-esteem. The way we define it now, not in, again in a superficial way, all about pursuing that I- I increase and enlargement of, uh, of the circumference of, of the self, to so say. Uh, but anyhow, we see that it's all infinitely far away from, from what we really truly want, in, which is to, to get acknowledgement and to per- fully and truly uh, conceive of ourselves as unbounded, necessary existence, right? And so anyhow, so what did we say at the beginning? Good question, right? What did we say? We said uh, non-attachment, or, or yeah, not, not, um, yeah, something like that, right? Not, not attaching to, to work, not attaching to, to, to our efforts. So here, what that means is, is that when we, whenever we pause in our efforts to attain self-esteem, and we grab and latch onto something, we begin to deteriorate morally and, and, uh, and, and, and in all ways. What does that mean? So it means that let's say that. Um, uh, we were Napoleon, and we've conquered country A, right? And that's it, right? And now we're not having conquered anything else. Now our whole self-esteem rides on having conquered country A. So now it, we we hold on to it with tooth and nail, right? And then to, and then we, maybe somebody's going to take it away from us, so we become bitter, we become scared, we become resentful, right? Uh, and, and so forth and so on. So instead, we have to go and conquer country country B. As soon as we've done that, country conquered country C. At whichever place we stop in our ambitions, in our development, that's the place where we begin to really hold on and we really begin to attach and we really begin to latch on to something because they're lifeblood, right? We think that the sole thing that, that is our salvation is this accomplishment of ours, whether it's conquering a country like Napoleon or Alexander the Great or whether it's buying the car we wanted or buying the home we wanted or the, the having the property we wanted or the job we wanted. Uh, and so forth and so on, right? So we begin to hold on to this, and that is then the root of this pernicious 
kind of pride and, and the kind of these the, the disgusting personality traits that we don't want, which is when a person is proud, but in uh, not in, a, in some kind of in a healthy way, but in a way as in clinging to something specific about them, right? Like they say, you know, not to pick anything out specifically, of course, because this applies to each and every one of us without exception. And it's a, uh, or maybe fine, maybe at the certain, more or less without exception, we'd say. Uh, but, you know, let's say somebody gets into to poetry, right? So now their whole thing is hanging on poetry. So now they, they have an image about it. Like I'm a poet, right? And I'm proud of my poetry. Or maybe the same thing is with science or with philosophy or with literature or with objects or with, with, with clothing or with jewelry and chains or with shoes or with um, style, right? With fashion, with, uh, with fame, with, with money, with wealth, with accounts, uh, with um, community service, with, with morals, with, uh, right, thinking oh, I'm a wonderful person, I help people, yada, yada, with um, certain opinions and certain uh, things we purportedly hold to be the case. I think this, I think that, right? Anything and everything at, at which we stop and we pause, we're going to develop that nasty kind of pride about that defensive, pernicious uh, smallness. Why? Because that we take it to be our salvation. That's the only thing that's fulfilling our fundamental self-esteem need. And it could be in, in, the, in the grand and the, the glorious, it's something such as building a, a pyramid for, for the Pharaoh, right? Or, or conquering all of Europe like these ancient conquerors used to do, or earning billions and billions of dollars. But for those of us that cannot accomplish that, it can be something such as holding on tooth and nail to some kind of statement that we make, or uh, to, to some kind of little thing that, that we've, uh, uh, or to our personality or, 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 or to something like that, right? But the fact is, if we live, there's for sure something that we're holding on to. I remember one time uh, speaking with a fellow in the street, uh, he's in his 60s, he just got let out the pen for multiple, uh, for, for murder charges, spent 20, 30 years there, whatever it was. He's in the street. He's, he's, you know, definitely not old. We wouldn't say 60, but, it, you know, and not a super young man either. He's got, he had no money. He had no education. He had no prospects, no future, no job, uh, no nothing, right? But I, I spoke with this, this fellow for a while because he, he wouldn't let me go after <laughs> he gave him a couple bills. Uh, and he just, he, he was telling me again and again how amazing he is, how wonderful he is, how nobody quite has the sense of humor he has. Nobody is quite as, as uh, you know, street save, savvy as he is, and on and on and on, right? So in this case, even we see it, it doesn't have to be that somebody is, a, is the pharaoh or somebody is Bill Gates or something like that. Somebody could have zero, zero things going for them objectively, so to speak, externally, but they will for sure find something onto which to latch on or, or what to latch onto like that and to express that, that kind of pride. One person, uh, uh, they're, they're, they believe their salvation hangs on, again, having $50 billion. And another person on their, you know, on, on their street smarts and on their sense of humor and stuff like that, but it's the same process. Another person on their, extra, their exceptional knowledge and learning and book smarts and education Another person on their exceptional materialism and on their great amount of, uh, you know, things that they've accumulated. Uh, one person on uh, their uh, the complete lack of culture and their, uh, you know, I'm so, I, I, their pride in, in hating everything cultural and everything, all kinds of art and all of this. And another person on culture and art and on going to the, the art gallery and the opera and the Broadway show and stuff like that. 
So we see it's not about the, the specific. It can be anything at all. And we wouldn't say that one thing is superior to another in its own self. Maybe in terms of giving us potential to go away from all of this, fine. We would say if somebody derives there. But, but then again, even then, we would, it's, it's tough to make rules. So we say that anything as opposed to it being, say, quote unquote, somebody who is materialistic as opposed to intellectual or as opposed to cultural or, or some kind of naive split like that, we would say anything at all that a person hangs onto like that for their purported uh, seeming salvation, for their f- fundamental self-esteem needs, it could, be the, the, it could be the highest form of wisdom. It could be the, the most amount of, you know, what do people think is wise, wisey type of stuff. Meditation, mindfulness, uh, thoughtfulness, wisdom, charity. It could be the best things in the world, right? But it's still the same thing. If a person hangs on to it, if this is where a person has stopped in, the, in his or her development, it is that kind of not healthy Attachment that ultimately that ultimately rots uh, leads to our destruction and leads us to, to to our degradation and leads us to rot away. So anyhow, what is the solution? So the solution then is to keep moving forward. The solution is to go through these kinds of attachments to to have them. We, there's no way to to avoid having them initially, at least as a baby, at least as a kid, at least as a teenager, at least as a young person. But eventually, even if it takes us till, till we're 100 years old, right, eventually to let it go. To let it go. And to do what? To actually confront the, the reality of our own existence as all of existence. To not simply be living in the, the world of things that we see. Oh, here we go again. I hate trying to remember all these senses. How many senses? Five senses. See, smell, touch, uh, taste here if we didn't repeat them whatever the five senses are so not just li- living in the world of of the five senses and certain ideas and concepts but living in the reality of existence in its own self that is it's not it can't be it's not even that it's apples and oranges it's you can't compare it whatsoever with anything which exists anything which we see and smell and so forth and so on right so this would be then kind of the we would say the peak of, of human accomplishment but it's an infinite peak Meaning we can go on and on and on. And in other words, think of it as conceiving of the good, uh, of uh, attaining the absolute good, whatever we want to call it. But it's an it's a extreme, extremely high accomplishment and it's virtually never done. It's, it's not anything that can be done by somebody who, who doesn't, first of all, have a sound mind. So there's no way to do it by uh, reading a book on quote-unquote enlightenment or on on how to techniques or nothing that it, it, it can it is never done by anybody who who is not who hasn't disciplined themselves morally uh, to the highest degrees and in the highest standards for many many years it's never done by uh, the people that that lead a, a degenerate form of life uh, it's never done by people that uh, idolize wisdom and knowledge uh, or, or or don't idolize wisdom and knowledge and make that a point it's, it's a very, very difficult feat, and, and the only reason to emphasize that is just so that we keep our standards high, and, and we, we don't think that, you and I don't think that we were anywhere close to this, right? There's, we can look through history, and we can find examples of outstanding, towering human personalities, and we may uh, speculate that they attained uh, this, this fully, th- this kind of human accomplishment, but... We, would, we shouldn't ascribe it to ourselves or think that the, you know, somebody on the internet 
or some somebody on a YouTube video or somebody uh, li- like this has accomplished this, no matter what they say, right? Because now it's a, that's a, a necessary disclaimer in, in, in this world of the internet and, and continual fluff and, and nonsense that, that we live in. Any given thing, there, there's 10 million different uh, or millions and millions of different uh, claims that it's done, right? For every real, uh, say, athlete or martial artist, how many are there that are just peddling some kind of nonsense, right? For every real uh, doctor, how many are how many quacks are there that are saying that they have, uh, you know, all kinds of healings and treatments and stuff like that? So just a necessary disclaimer. But the idea is that even if we don't fully accomplish it, even if it's fully, it's not fully within our reach, the least we can do is we can is we can keep moving forward, right? Because we stop. We see just like Napoleon, if he stopped at at country A, that would he would cling to it. Maybe he, he can't fully let go of all of his attachments, but he can move on to country B and country C. And that's exactly what he tried to do until he got exiled, right? To St. Helena or whatnot. And then he kept, he escaped and tried to do it again. And we only, just because these kinds of, uh, the, um, kind of world historical figures, first of all, they didn't accomplish this kind of thing at all. That's the whole point. That's what, that, that's what drove their uh, ambition. But second of all, they just provide very clear examples of this kind of this psychological process that in the rest of us is latent because when we don't have the opportunity to do anything we suppress it right and we simply every all of this plays out on a much smaller scale uh, instead of conquering a country we talk trash on the internet instead of uh you know uh, building a pyramid we uh, we we have some kind of special uh, in, the credit card or something that right but so we can take these these uh, uh, huge examples uh, throughout history to really highlight these things, but they're present in all of us, right? We we think you know the Pharaoh or the Pharaohs or Cleopatra or somebody like that were just fundamentally different. They weren't, right? If we were to clone the Pharaoh and then uh, put put him or a Pharaoh, there's plenty of them, not just one, and put and raise uh, raise him in uh, like in uh, what is it Jurassic Park, right? Get a little DNA, uh, clone him and, and raise him in uh, Manhattan, right? raise him in somewhere in the 21st century, just be a normal guy. There's no guarantee at all that there would be any outstanding traits at all, not even a higher than average intelligence. It's just the circumstances and the opportunity that led to, to these people be doing what they did. As for somebody like Napoleon or Alexander the Great, definitely, obviously, there were some outstanding characteristics, but in, uh, raised in a different time with different opportunities, maybe it would just be a very ambitious business person uh, or, or some, somebody like that, right? Same thing for Cleopatra, for example, for, for women, right? It's the same thing, uh, it, it, but it wouldn't be, um, it, it, it would, the historical circumstances would say enable that particular kind of thing. Uh, but anyhow, so yeah, so we see the least we can do is we can keep moving forward. We can keep trying to conquer more and more and accomplish more and more and never be settled, right? If we've uh, done X, then we move on to Y. We've done Y, we move on to Z. But the thing is that the way to prevent this from being just a vicious, endless cycle that will lead to our misery and destruction is to keep our eyes on the prize, which is to be able to let it all go, which is to be able to disattach ourselves, disjoin ourselves from any and all accomplishment to where we do not care in the slightest uh, about anything at all, where we don't care about our, our, um, uh, our cu- culture, or lack of culture, our knowledge, or lack of knowledge, our wealth, or lack of wealth, or uh, with the, that example, our street smarts and humor, or lack of street smarts and humor, or wisdom, or lack of wisdom, or, uh, uh, you know, anything in every dark clothing, or nice clothing, or lack of nice clothing. 
where even where we don't care about not caring, where we don't have an attachment to being non-attached, because that's also a level of that that we want to transcend. It may be an initially necessary to really hit ourselves with the non-attachment, but eventually we want to even leave that and not be attached to not being uh, to, to non-attachment and so forth and so on. Not be attached to not being attached to that right. All that kind of stuff. We just say, right? And the only way to do that eventually, right, is to just let it all go, to, to find being in our own necessary being and necessary existence, uh, to, to conceive ourselves more and more in that way, and, uh, and to thereby conceive of the good and, and be in a state of beatitude and, and, uh, and, and all of that, right? But again, uh, we, we start out with baby steps. We think about what got interrupted there. This my phone got overheated uh so where were we um yeah so we start with uh with baby steps and uh and and we think about what am i currently attached to am i currently attached to uh my personality or to a lack of a good personality to this psychological issue or that one to my beauty or lack of beauty or to my wealth or lack of wealth or to my excuse me or humor or lack of humor to my purported wisdom or lack of wisdom to my purported knowledge, or lack of knowledge to my opinions, to, or lack of opinions, whatever it may be, whatever we're attached to, whatever we're using for our self-esteem, uh, the first step then would be to identify it, and then to at least, we're not going to say now drop it, that's too much, but move forward, move ahead, right? Because we see that when we move forward, we don't care so much about the our, our past accomplishments. If we won a, 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 you know, a, a third place medal, and, and that's all we ever won, then of course we're holding on to that. But if the next year we win a second place medal, we may not care so much about the third place medal. The next time we win a first place medal, we don't care, right? Then we win another championship, another, and, and, all, and all of a sudden, all these medals, now you can have them. It doesn't matter. I keep winning and winning more and more. At the very least, that we, we should get our self-esteem engine started again and, and start to, to conquer higher territory, just like Napoleon did, right? But uh, again, with the eyes on the prize of eventually getting to a point where we can leave it all and we can really be non-attached but it's very difficult and it's very difficult to actually do it as opposed to um for, for show doing it right as opposed to doing it uh, in a fake way or or in a way that we read on the internet or something like this to doing it in a, in a genuine human way and and again it's the very 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 few people have we would think have ever accomplished it so we may not even think that we're we should always be hopeful and suppose we're going to accomplish it but the goal is to try and get as far down the path as we can. And maybe one day the world will be such that it'll be easier to, uh, to, to accomplish these things. And we will all have perfect self-esteem that comes from simply being in our own being. And we can improve that and improve that and, and work together to improve it. And, and really can, can uh, live in, in a state of beatitude along with all of our um, fellow people that we would then truly love. Because that's the only way to truly love, right? Is to not be uh, attached in the improper way. But something to think about, and um, we can we can get it started with something little, such as uh, uh, getting past our, our immediate attachments. I'm right. Good luck. Thank you for listening.